Daily DVR Dives into Mindhunter is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Look good when you step out in the morning. Elevate your style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and save 20% on your order. No minimum. Use code DVR20. That's all you got to do. Use code DVR20 today and save 20% off your order. If you've got an event coming up, if you've got... If you just want to look good, go to cufflinks.com and they'll help you out. They've even got a blog over there that details how to get prepared for these big events and order everything for everyone. You know, that can be a hassle. Let cufflinks.com help you do that. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to Daily DVR Does Mindhunter. My name is Axel, my co-host is Heath Santazo, and you can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. Also, consider supporting us and becoming a patron. On our Patreon, we release old episodes of Lost Mythos Theorycast and the Film List and the Lost Revisited Now and Heath does Film Lists and we have a lot of fun over there. We release a podcast every day. Monday through Friday, you get a podcast for three bucks a month. So go over there. You can also send your feedback to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we're going to be talking about Mindhunter Season 1, Episode 8. So let's get to it. Solo, how you doing, pal? I'm feeling a little ticklish. But other than that, I'm feeling great, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I wore my shoes for this episode because <laughs> I was a little worried you might reach through the uh, old uh, cell lines and try to tickle my feet while I'm talking. I got some nickels for you, buddy. Yeah, this uh, – wow, what an episode. Um, you know, it's funny. Mindhunter is such a deep show that it really wasn't until we – did this podcast and uh, we're rewatching and now I've seen each episode like three, four or five times that you really see the progression and how unhinged Holden becomes in this episode and how it's how much of it is really not so much about the tickling principal, who's amazing, by the way, but really about Holden. Yeah, it, it really like you said, watching it, say, you know, the eighth, ninth time, or I feel like I've watched these episodes. But what's, what's interesting is when I go, okay, we're, you know, we got a podcast about episode eight, I, I press play and I'm like, which one? Oh, it's this one. Because everything seems together to me in yeah. my mind. So to separate it episode by episode is interesting. But I was like, oh, this is the tickle episode. Okay. And then I knew Holden was getting to a certain point in this story. But you're right. This episode, every detail, everything he does is is affected because of these interviews with Kemper and Brutos. And now he's in the real world trying to, you know, prevent preventive measures. Like, wait a minute, this is how people start. And, and so, man... He's going down this path, which makes sense, Axel, because think about all this he's been doing, him and Bill and Wendy, but really Holden, how he's getting into the mind of these serial killers, and now it's affecting his real-world life. Yes, what an episode. And we start off with the, the circling of the words, which is the principle kind of going over the words that Holden shouldn't be saying, right? 
and mm-hmm. um, we'll also ha- see this with Holden and the words in the FBI, right? So there's kind of an interesting um, kind of mirror there of control in, a, in an aspect as well, because so much of this episode is about Holden and his inability to control what's happening to him, right? And how this work is just seeping into him. And really, it, it's just an amazing episode. It happens so slowly. And coming off what we saw in the last episode, where um, they're really f- fermenting this team together, it's so important. And all of it comes from Holden. But then he can't really grasp and understand what's happening to him internally, though we see Tench sees it. But again, Tench, this is like Tench's thing. Just like he won't talk to his own son, he doesn't like try to help Holden at all really either, you know? Right. <laughs> and and I think that's interesting because we talk so much today in our society about mental health and about how much of it, is, how much of our medicine in general too, is about helping someone after they got sick and not preventive, like living healthy. Um, and right. it's just Holden is not living healthy. No, and, and I mean everything is just like seeping into. I mean he he's interviewing these serial killers, getting all this information. He's ruining in his relationship with Deb because I mean. Last episode with the shoes and Bruto. Brutos has really affected him. Kemper really started it, and then everyone else. But this Brutos thing is really um, making Holden. Ah, he. I mean, he his relationships going down the tubes. Yeah. He doesn't realize it, but it is. He's starting to get jealous. He's and and. and and now, I mean, literally, I mean, again, it's 1977. I don't care what year, I wouldn't want a principal tickle in my kid. But <laughs> but to everyone else, it's like, it's tickling. Easy. Well, he's like, well, preventive measures. This is how it starts. And and he's basing it to Brutos, but not realizing Brutos, it was like five years old. I, I, granted, the principal, it, 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 he's middle-aged, but Holden just doesn't. He's like tickling. This is how it starts. And oh my God, we got to prevent this. And then it's just snowballing where it's funny how everyone else is like, even Bill, like you said, he's like, leave it alone. We're the FBI. We got a plenty of work to do. And, and, and you're here dealing with tickling. Like it, even the cop he goes to see, he goes, you know, tickling, but it's all about preventive measures. But he's just not quite, he, he's in this ball of confusion, I think. I mean, his reasoning is right, but it's just in the wrong instance with yeah. the principle. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing with Holden is we've been on this journey with him. And, and I keep on saying it. And it's good to remember that this all started out with, the, uh, with um, this kind of failed hostage negotiation, right? Right. Yeah. And now he's he's been it's kind of hit after hit for him you know he falls into this situation and now he went from what am I doing with my career I'm being sent back to teach kind of being taken out of the front lines to I'm the golden boy of the entire FBI 
forwarding this new system and way of analyzing criminals that could lead to a revolution. Um, and I think that's a part of it that is really felt more by tension, Wendy and Shepard. Um, and they're, but they're not really helping him. So I find it interesting that the show is so much about, like you're saying, the pre- preventive measures, but they're not really even using that on each other. And just like in the last episode where we see how many problems Bill is having with his home life and not mm-hmm. just his son, but even just in the basic ways he communicates with his wife and how he breaks down in her arms. That was so moving, you know, um, we don't get that with Holden, you know, um, Debbie is not, uh, breaking down, de- you know, holding him while he breaks down. She's, uh, she's hiding in the dark, making out with, uh, Roger. <laughs> oh, so, you know, you know, you bring this up, you know what it reminds me of Axel? It reminds me of a band that has a couple of hit records. Yeah. Then the lead singer, all of a sudden the ego gets there, thinks, he wants to get creative and just kind of like feels like I need to take control, take over this band. Yep. And and the other band members are just kind of letting him do his thing and waiting for it if he crash and burns or is successful. Maybe he's going – but he on this one, it's like he's doing a solo record just for the time being. <laughs> and it's maybe not uh, quite uh, hitting the charts. Yep. You know, it's just – it's funny how you're right. but And then – but he's just – he is letting his relationship with Deb just go down the tubes. Yeah, definitely. She man. G- she gives him little olive branches, um, and he just he's so consumed with just talking about him and his life, and he's not listening to her. He's jumping to conclusions, and then eventually, after so long, when you keep harping on something, hmm, all of a sudden in the dark, things happen. Yeah, that's true, baby. Somebody, <laughs> somebody comes up behind and starts singing. I wanna kiss you, kiss all you all over. over. I can't stop that song. All right, I know, let's I get can. into it, man. I'm gonna cut. Okay. We'll roll through. We won't do a whole. Um, I think we talked about this since we've got so much of the principal and Holden. We're kind of we won't do a total scene by scene, and I think it works well when we kind of do what we were doing, just kind of talking. But we do yeah. start with um, the principal uh, circling those words. And it is interesting too, and I want to make note of, I love this in, throughout this entire season, how important the nomenclature and the words they use and the way they talk is and the way they talk about how important that is. I love that because I think that in life, the way you frame things is often kind of the last thing you end up talking about, but that is the way you talk about things, right? So if you don't start with the words, that's how things kind of often go awry. So I think it's interesting that they have the principal searching, uh, circling them. Then we see Holden giving this presentation to the kids. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Which let me tell you something as a, as a father of a seven year old, which is about how old these kids were like seven to 10. My son looks like he's 50. So it's kind of hard to, Tell his he's like Gronk style, but um, this was very uncomfortable to me because Holden, this is not really the way you should talk to children. 
Um, and even the subject matter is, it was just very awkward all the way around. And it shows how new this was just in society. You know, that's interesting yeah. that like so much of this is inside the prison or inside the Quantico. Now to see him like talking to other people in a school and stuff, it, this was, wasn't this weird? Oh yeah. It, it's just, and, and you, and they set it up so well because you know what words he's not supposed to say. And you're like, don't do it, Holden. And then he kind of yeah. does it. And you see the principal behind him like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and, that, I mean, just great acting. I mean, it's just such a great scene. And then, but before he says, just show him your badge. And then as soon as he reaches like that one point where it's like, Oh boy. And then it's like, anybody want to see my badge? And then everyone's hands go up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And I, I, I want to laugh, but at the same time, as a viewer, I'm like, don't say any bad words. I don't want the kids to freak out and get all upset. <laughs> you know, I'm going back and forth. It's so well done. Yeah. And he keeps on using that word disturbing. If any of yeah. the friends are disturbed, and then every time they cut to the kids, they're like looking at another kid, you know, like, right? Uh, Johnny over there, and then one kid's yawning in the back because he's got a huge yawn. I think it's like, ah, this yeah. is great, man. And even like the cinematography on this, um, it's hard to shoot a crowd, and they do such a good job of of mixing up the angles this is just really wonderful and it's also cool to see all the kids in the 70s clothes and the 70s it reminds us that's when we were probably around this age actually solo no we were a little younger yeah i think i was two, i was two during this time so yeah it wasn't quite yeah i was we were we were a bit a little younger three. but our 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 when we were growing up Probably a lot of the kids looked very similar to this, but this is a great, yes, this yeah. is great because it's like, it's interesting that we've really only seen Holden kind of hold court to cops and kids. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, like, not much of a middle ground here that that whole thing of letting the public know this is part of it. And this is why he's here. Right. Um, and he's trying to do this outreach. Um, but it's just rather odd that it starts out with these kids. And I do want to say that the principal who I think is fantastic, principal Roger Wade played by actor Mark Kudish. This guy is such a great actor. He pops up in a lot of, uh, shows these days and he's just a great character actor and he really steals the show this episode. He, he does. Um, I just wish he would have been in the dark with Deb and Patrick <laughs> and he was tickling their feet. That would have been sensational. Yeah. He's t <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, was it? Oh, it's Pat. Is it Roger or Patrick? It's Patrick. No, no. Patrick is Deb's oh, partner. Okay. That's what I was saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's Roger. Ro it's, yeah. Roger's Robert. the principal. All right. I had Roger Wade, notes. principal Wade. Yes. Roger Wade. Patrick is Deb's. A partner in the class. That's what I was saying. Yeah. When we see Deb and Patrick in the dark with Holden, I yes. wanted the principal to. I know, but them. I think in my notes, I accidentally had Debbie gets a ride home from Roger. And then, oh, I, and then I was that like, would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. She's like, remember those shoes I was wearing last episode, Holden? Well, somebody <laughs> likes them. <laughs> and they like to tickle me with <laughs> they like them. To tickle me. Um, 
Elmo. But this is uh this we go right from uh right from that to uh the teacher taking Holden aside. And it's just so interesting the way it follows the same pattern as the cop thing, right? Where mm-hmm. he'd go and give a little talk and then one of the cops would say, let's go have a drink. But this time it's a teacher. And they say, hey, let me go talk to you. I also find it interesting that um, I think in today's day and age, a teacher would be way less – don't you think they'd be less um, likely to like just go up to an FBI agent and go, hey, my principal's tickling feet? Like I feel like we've advanced so much in our understanding of this weird kind of stuff and how everybody's into serial killers, you know, that – it it just seemed strange to me how open people were being with the FBI, you know? Yeah, maybe it, nowadays they probably – it would have – something would have stopped before the, even the FBI. Yeah, yeah. It would be on Twitter. It would have been like – yeah, it would be on Twitter. I just – you know, it, and all the teachers would in 2019 would get together and they'd all go to his office and confront – you know, it would be like uh, a, a lynch mob probably more uh in a social media thing where it wouldn't even it, it would last like three days and i mean imagine tickling a kid and giving him nickels yeah now that it, it just wouldn't but then different times it just shows you how we grow and people like oh tickling so innocent but now if you know think of oh think about the parent rage if, 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 if you know you find out one of your kids is getting tickled by a principal it that would be a news story you know so that yeah man and the way she tells him um right off the bat it seems very creepy holden is of course his spidey senses are up he just came off the whole foot thing with brudos oh, yeah. and debbie so he's he, he's his his mind is very foot focused and he's ready to go. Um, so much so that he goes right to Debbie's house and waits in front of her house for her. He's getting creepy with this, too. She keeps on telling him, I need to study, Holden. I've got a life. Just like you were saying, he's not listening to her. No. no. You know? Um, and we, as we said before, we find out that she got a ride home from Patrick. And, and she looks pretty smiley when she gets out of the car and not too smiley when she finds Holden there. Yeah, it's more like, I mean, we don't know anything about Patrick, but the convertible, maybe artsy kind of, yeah. it seems like more her speed. Yep, definitely. Um, and what she probably needs at this time, even though she's given Holden many chances. Uh, just Because unf- you, if you notice, like, when she was done with her exams and she cooked Holden dinner and did the lingerie thing, it was like, listen, you give me my space to do my work. And then when I have the time, I'm all yours. Yeah, it's it, it's a really simple. I'm not gonna say transaction, just for words' speak, but it's but it, it, if it were that easy, everyone would have great relationships and everything would go smooth. But unfortunately, like I look at it now and I compare, like when I was tw- you know 27 or 28, if I was in a relationship like that with Deb versus like now in my 40s. I've been through it all. I know yeah. exactly what you need to do and blah, blah, blah. But in my twenties, I, 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 I wouldn't, I would probably, I wouldn't be like Holden, but I'd be somewhere in between probably. Um, so it, it's funny now as a older guy, 
perspective, you're like, oh, dude, Holden, just do this, do this. But, yeah. you know, he's still, what, almost 30, 29, 30, you know, and, and he's got a job that we don't <laughs> – more uh, stressful job uh, interviewing serial killers. Yeah, not the easy – yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he is emotionally immature. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah. And he needs to – he needs a relationship like this. He needs Debbie to fool around on somebody behind his back for him to understand that he had no consideration for her. And it was really – she had become much like a Brutos or the principal or someone else, a case file in his mind, something to figure out, something to study. Uh, experiment with, not some someone to be with and learn from and grow with. And yeah. um, their conversation that they have um, is interesting for the point that um, she picks up on how weird it is right, right from the start, you know, when she's talking about that. But she also is kind of questioning him, you know, and she can kind of tell that he's too into it. You know what I mean? And she just wants to go and study. Um, yeah. <laughs> Holden ends up approaching the cop um, that the teachers went to and he interviews him about the principal. The cop says, Hey, it's not a good, it's not a big deal. Holt, you know, he didn't yeah. do anything to these kids. He's a respected guy. And also the cop makes reference to how the teacher didn't have much to do because she was like, or the mother didn't have much to do because she didn't have a job. You know, he, he, he kind of fits that sexism of the time into there, you know, yeah. which is, which is depressing, but true. Um, and then he says something really awesome. Yes. He Go says, for it, you know, this not this isn't a big deal unless you're going to start predicting what people are going to do. <laughs> and then they cut the hold it and he, it's, he's like, uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do in his mind, you know. And right, it's, right. it's interesting because Debbie makes reference to something like that, too, during their conversation, kind of like how you can tell what somebody's going to do. And uh, we're really getting to that point. This is an important thing that he says. Yeah, it, it, you know, and at first, when the when the cop says that, I'm almost like, wait a minute, is the cop just randomly saying that with the case, or because there's not any um, publications or anything that the FBI is working on doing this, correct? No. It's just a co more of a coincidence. Yes. It's a total But yeah. it felt it just felt like I I had to pause it and I'm like, "Wait a minute. It just felt weird. Like it was almost like the cop was saying something else but Holden was in, you know, hearing something different." Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. you know, it felt that way even though it, that that's not the show. That that's not what well, happened. Well, he's acting like that, right? I think yeah. that's something that Holden doesn't get which is that so much of what they're doing is interviewing people, right? The spoken word, what they say, analyzing what they say, not what they did, and trying to find, look deeper. And Holden almost does that so much that he doesn't communicate anymore, right? He's not like, that is what he's trying to do. Yeah. And it's not kind of until the end of the episode 
when he's, uh, you know, kind of pushed by Shepard in their confrontation that he kind of can admit it out loud. And like, I believe in my intuition. I, I do think that this is what we're doing. Um, and I think it's just an interesting perspective because we've seen that through the season hints of that, right? It's been mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, if we can figure this out, then we can stop people. But the fact that you're going to see the behavior in someone and uh, in some way arrest them, censure them, affect their job, their life because of that behavior, not because of the eventual illegal behavior is a whole nother subject. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very thin line uh, as we'll see. Um, It's a thin line between love and hate. Yeah, baby. So, Bill Holden tells Bill about the principal. Bill's not interested. He's also not interested in going to Oregon. Bill, as we've seen last episode, had his breakdown. He's being smart. And he just doesn't want to go interview Brutos. So this interview that we have here with Holden and Brutos, which is awesome, does not include Bill at all. No Bill. And, and, And after the breakdown, maybe he's like, okay, I should, you know, I don't need this, you know. Hopefully, him and his wife, the communication's getting a little better. Maybe he just realizes, okay, I need to... I mean, granted, his excuse is they have a lot of work there. They have to hire someone new. There's a lot going on. Um, But hopefully, I mean, we don't see Nancy in this episode, but hopefully it helps their relationship by him not, you know, maybe not going on some of these trips, but we'll see. Um, But, yeah, he's really, uh, yeah, because Bill's, I mean, really, Bill and Wendy aren't in this episode that much. It's really a um, Holden-centric episode. Uh, But, yeah, you know, he doesn't go with them. And and, and he even says, like, he's like, wait, you're not coming? And he's like, you know, well, you don't really have to go. We got enough information. But, you know, in this whole world of this episode, what Holden is into right now, he has to go see Brudos. It's like he has to do it. So. Yeah. And this is a great, this is just a fantastic little interview here. It's only about eight minutes long, um, but a, they just slide right into it. And you can see that after he gave him the shoes, they they played their little game. When it's just Holden, Brutos helps him fix the tape recorder. They're like a team, right? It's very well. much like Kemper. <laughs> Holden is just like palling with him. It's almost too easy the way that they're talking and the way that Holden falls right into, okay, it wasn't you. So if the person who did this, why would... You know why? Why didn't did why did uh, he take the pictures of the girl? Why did he touch the girl after? And he's like, well, maybe he wanted to play with her like a doll. Yeah, yeah. Hey, every every girl wants to be a model, Axel. I mean, yeah. That's, oh God, that was freaky, right? But you're right because you know the simple fact that he helps him with the recorder, and it, it's just you know. Granted, giving him the shoes really, I think, uh, really set this up. But once Brutos realizes, you know, if, let me talk about the killer, and it's not me, uh, yeah, it just goes, he just opens up big time in a different way, and it works. But but 
Holden does seem really distracted during this interview. Um, you know, he's getting information up. He's probably thinking about everything that's yeah. been going on. Uh, but yeah, no, Brutos just kind of gives information, but it, he's, I, I, you know, I was on every line of his and it's like, totally, he's never like, um, I did this. He's saying the killer or whatever. And then even Holden at one time almost says like, well, you, and then he stops yeah. and he, you know, <laughs> and, and he's, you know, doesn't, you know, say, well, why did you do this? Or why would you have, you know? And uh, it's, yeah, the Brutos one, it's just these interviews are Brutos, man. I, I realize, you know, I love the Ed Kemper stuff, and it was the first one, and it really, but at Brutos at first, I'm like, oh, this guy's difficult. But all in all, this was a damn good exchange throughout oh. these episodes with Brutos. My gosh. Yeah, Happy Anderson, great actor, completely yeah. embodies this guy from the way he smokes to the way he just like, you know, he uh, he smokes with the handcuffs on, but it's like he doesn't even notice. He's, you know, the hand he's had him on before, whatever. He's just sitting there two guys talking and the and again the way they use the what if he did that? At times, it seems as though Brutos is speaking of himself. And also, though, it seems at times that Holden is speaking of himself, that he is the he, when he's talking about the obsession, about the way you think about something so much before you do it. And you're right. He seems a little distracted at times, almost as if he's saying, is that what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is am I somehow because even I have to say covering this show and us talking about it each week and rewatching these episodes it makes me think a little bit about my own actions, right? Like the way that I might think of things and act upon them and the way that that changes things, right? the experiences that we want to have in our minds and how they really play out and then how it changes the way we seek out those experiences again. And that's really what they're talking about because he's guiding him through. Why did you kill this one from behind? Well, maybe he didn't want to watch them die because if he did, he'd torture them. It's not about yeah. that. Right. And then Holden's like, Oh, and I'm thinking to myself, later on when Wendy is listening to this, what value is he getting from certain questions and why Holden is asking them? And it's hard for me to decipher what value they're getting and what value Holden is getting. Mm. And that's what makes it a kind of uncomfortable interview. And also that, again, just so... It's so easy for Holden this time. And it's almost like, hey, man, when you can more easily talk to a serial killer than you can your girlfriend. Yeah. You got a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Axel, I, I would say you're 100% correct. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not cool. But, yeah, Happy Anderson, amazing. Um, so we get back to Quantico. Was there anything else you wanted to say about this Brudos combo? Um, no, okay. just uh, keywords, you know, preparation, mm -hmm. uh, the fantasies. 
Yeah. They really hit on the fantasies. And again, this is stuff that's happening at a young age and then going on. So, I mean, we don't know with the principal, you know, I mean, granted, they say he's had a clean record and everything. We don't know his childhood. We don't know, you know, because at first I'm withholding like, yeah, this dude's creepy and we need to nail him. And then more and more as I watch this episode, I'm like, hmm, though it is, again, like we said, the tickling thing is weird, but. Is this guy, I mean, test scores are up and yeah. everyone seems happy, but he does seem too touchy-feely with the kids. Like, even when the kids are coming out of the classroom, he's touching all of them. He's, you know, it's just, it does seem a little touchy-feely, especially for 2019. Or heck, for 2018, for 2017, you know, I could go on in years. <laughs> um, Take a little break to remind you of our presenting sponsor cufflinks.com you know sometimes i just go over to cufflinks.com i look at their awesome products and i say to myself how lucky i am to have this amazing sponsor they've got the coolest stuff over there man i just got, you know what they sent me and i'm going to be giving these away some popcorn cufflinks listen to all our podcasts at dvrpodcast.com to find out how but they've got awesome stuff over there so go to cufflinks.com dvr and use code dvr20 They've got socks, ties, cufflinks, money clips, tie clips, so much cool stuff, uh, even like pocket squares, just any way to kind of make you look good. Those little touches always help. Don't forget the little details, baby, because cufflinks.com's got them for you. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore Adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclairadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. But yeah, no, it's just this <laughs> Brutos, man. Um, you know what I think? You know what made me think, Solo, is I'm watching this in this whole episode, and they talk a lot about how um, the kid um, always oh, hurting the kids. This could be weird for the kids. But it wasn't until Bill and Holden, until they get back to Quantico, and we'll talk about the whole thing with our new friend, Agent Smith, coming in. But when Holden and when Holden pushes Bill and is like, what happens if it was Brian? You know? Yeah. And Holden and, and Tench gets really pissed off at him. And I thought that's the most pissed off in this series that he has got with Holden three episodes, four episodes ago, they're sitting on a bed together, like father and son looking at corpses pictures, you know, <laughs> but 
Now he's really all up in his face. And it made me think when Bill reacted for the first time, I said, oh, wait, there's another angle here. Could the tickling turn the kid into Brutos? That's kind of what I think that's a little bit of what Holden and a little bit of what makes Bill upset is that because his son has issues Right. Just in the same way they use, um, I think, pretty effectively Wendy's sexuality to highlight how it's a separate issue. The sexuality being a serial killer, you know, it's not it is this could the principal be somehow affecting the children and being there instead of being the Brutos, he's the mother. I didn't even think about that, you know, and how the whole thing about how Brutos stole the teacher's shoes and the teacher didn't mind. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it gets hold and thinking, wait, maybe if the teacher did mind and said to Brutos, no, don't be stealing my shoes, kid. You know, (laughs) you're mixing your obsession with theft and that's when things get wrong. You know, it gets mixed up. Um, I just thought that was an interesting angle that maybe isn't totally explored in this episode, but it did make me think about it. Yeah, because, I mean, what if one of those children get affected by this tickling and then it cha- you know, changes their course? See, yeah, you know, how, yeah. You know we're, so, we're so hyped up on this middle-aged Roger Wade that what, you know, what about, and when we're talking about preventive, Things are happening, especially at a young age, and fantasies and all this stuff. We're we're losing sight about the children and the one kid that gets really affected by this tickling, and then maybe starts to tickle, and then it starts to, you know, you never know. That's so, and that's and that's the point they're at, right? Is like, yeah, they don't know yet where the lines are, and it's also the way society was at that point it's strange the way some things are accepted and other things aren't, you know what I mean? Like consensual love between adults, bad, a a principal tickling kids. Oh, it's okay. It's tickling. It's tickling. It's just tickling. Um, I'm tickling myself right now. There's no issue. Yeah. And speaking of uh, someone getting tickled, uh, they bring in a, uh, that made no sense, but I tried. No, um, I like, no, I do that all the time, Axel. That's what we do. Weird transitions. Weird transitions. Uh, they have to bring in a new agent. They had talked about this before and now they're doing some interviews. Um, and the interviews that they are doing is first for someone to transcribe, but also someone to kind of come on and help them with interviews and other things. Um, and uh, they, the first person that they uh, are talking to is Jim Barney, who Jimmy, Jimmy, who spoiler alert Hello. for anyone will become a part of season two, uh, just so you know. He because he does make quite a, um, a quite an entrance here in this quick scene. Great actor. Uh, they're just he's getting along great with Bill and Wendy. He has knowledge. Bill knows him. But as soon as he walks out of the room, Holden says is kind of like, "Well, he's black," and and oh, Bill yeah. is like, "Huh?" And Wendy's like, "Yeah, everyone we interview is racist," and. Um, it just we can't. There's nothing we can do about that, you know. And we can't hire them. And it's just interesting the way they so quickly decide that. 
And I don't know that that's really true as we, as we are just finding out in the news, right? Um, there is recently this guy who killed like 63 women who was African-American. It, the, the racial, this is also kind of a blind spot a little bit that they had not realizing, okay, we tend to always concentrate on white people and the way we look at crime is very focused in that way that perhaps we just don't really understand what's happening in other communities. Right. But this does not, they very quickly make this decision, even though they all like him. And then a couple seconds later, Shepard walks in with agent Smith. (laughs) Good old nepotism at its best. Good old nepotism at its best. And, um, this guy, uh, played by John Tuttle, great actor again, Greg Smith, right away, a bit of a choir boy, um, talks about his religion. Um, Bill likes him. Wendy wants there to be a trial period and Holden right away thinks he's a spy for Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He doesn't even yeah. front. He just comes right nope. out and says he's a spy for Shepard. Which I which, liked. Yeah, which makes it very interesting. Yeah, which but he which is. Also, <laughs> which he is. But then Holden, you know, brings him when he goes back, when yep. he goes to do all the interviews with a couple of teachers, the parents, you know, he he doesn't use that like he's not treading carefully. Yep, exactly. With him being a spy, it's which true. will bite him in the ass. That, that's why. Which I, is interesting. It was. is very good. That's totally right, Solo. is Isn't it interesting again that Holden is really having this conflict with like his thought process, his thought and action, right? And, mm-hmm. and really boundaries. He just doesn't have boundaries, which is the main problem with all these killer all these people is like they they have inappropriate boundaries and right away holden pushes the boundaries he he makes uh he um he makes smith sit there in a room and listen to the most horrible tapes possible oh, it feels like you try to get him fired or you try to get like, smith is sitting there like with his hands in his hair like, like Oh my gosh. It's so disturbed and they the audio is so you could just hear it a little so it makes it even creepier. Oh my um, gosh. And it also to me plays into what we see at the end with Debbie's art experiment, you know, her art mm-hmm. project. There's a lot of uh, like a lot of mirrors here. Um and again and Holden and Bill have a little conversation in the doorway. Where Bill says, uh, where they're talking about the principal again, and Holden says they need to pre- be preemptive, and and uh, Tench reminds him, that's not our job. We're the FBI. We get called in after a crime has been committed. Yes. Um, kind of like what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we only podcast after crimes have been committed. Well, that was only the Alcatraz podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Alcatraz. That was oh a crime God. against humanity. Yeah. Uh, we love you, Jorge. Jorge, you were great at Alcatraz, but um, I wonder if that's available on like Hulu or something. I'm sure um, it is. So now we get a series of uh, interviews. Holden and Smith interview the principal, a teacher, some parents. Um, about the tickling, they spoke, they, in, in all, they ended up speaking to three sets of parents. 
Um, and the way these interviews go is really interesting, right? I think Smith does a pretty good job. Yeah. No, this seems to be more his forte until he gets to the principal when he starts agreeing and, and, and kind of doing that thing. But yeah, no, because uh, you got one teacher who's just like, well, you know, She's a busybody and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You got one teacher Gossip. that's like, yes, this I don't want this getting back to him, but um, I've been here two years, but this is just unacceptable and it's all weird. And then the teachers. Now, I, I mean, sorry, the parents. Is that the dude from Better Call Saul in a wig? No, but it looks like him. Oh, my God. It looks just like him. <laughs> I thought he... It sounds uh, like him. You sure it's not him? I, I looked it up. It's not. Oh, okay. It, oh, yeah, it's not God. him, but it really does look like him. You're absolutely right. And they get... It's that same kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Uh, where he's kind of like business guy, and in the beginning... Like, he's disagreeing with his white... Well, and then he gets angry at the end. What is he doing tickling my kid? You know, like... Yeah. He's kind of like matching the machismo or whatever of the room. Um, again, great casting. The teachers are great. The parents are great. You believe them right away. They are that person. Uh, and these interviews are pretty quick. You know, Holden gets upset a little bit, but Smith kind of is coming right in. And just like you said, Holden is not... Um, it's dissimilar from the way we saw Holden and Tench learn how to work together. You know, um, mm -hmm. Holden doesn't really seem to be really working with Smith. It seems like they're both kind of doing their own investigation. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting to me because they made such an effort to show us the way Holden and, and um, Tench work together that I, f I thought we would get that here. But no, they just kind of go right into typical things. And you can tell that Holden has kind of... He's kind of made his decision already. Yeah, and it takes when they're driving away <clears throat> and Agent Smith is kind of like, hey, you know, you know, we're the FBI. Yeah. We can tell him to stop. <laughs> yeah. And then that's all Holden needed and he exactly. does a U-turn and yep. he's going back to, to basically tell the principal that, hey, we're telling you what to do. And, you know, and, and the principal fights them and gets pissed off, <laughs> and which – expect it yeah. right yeah um but it's just like it, it's almost like he brought agent smith to be the yes man and when at the one time when they first talked to the principal and greg is very like you know nodding and being like i hear you brother mm -hmm. you know in, in such a way and and holden's like whoa you know you know, that's not how you're supposed to be doing it. You're supposed to be on the same page as me and all that. And then, but all he gives is one idea, like, and then he's like, all right, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's what Holden wanted. A little yes man. there. Exactly. Like, that's how I felt know. during the interviews yeah. too. Like he wasn't trying to work with him. He wasn't, he wasn't realizing, okay, um, I'm not only interviewing this principal and these teachers and this parents, but I'm working with a new team member and I have to bring him up to speed to our methodology, the boundaries we set, not only with each other, but with our interview subjects. Holden is disregarding his job. You know, he is mm -hmm. just solely focused on being the arbiter of whether this teacher is doing something heinous or not. 
And that's not his job. And it's also, it's not the best way to do that job either. So was, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh no, I, mean, I was just saying And Holden needs to, he, he's so lost in this and with the Brutos thing and everything in his mind that he, he seems to forget sometimes he's not with Bill yeah. and he has a tendency to say too much. Hey, yeah. Holden, you said he was a mole for Shepard. You know, he just doesn't. You know, it gets too comfortable. He totally gets too comfortable. And he just, exactly. It's, it's like he's not working. And this is something that they reference with, with his earlier conversation, um, with, uh, Debbie, when she says, if you could wear anything, what would you wear? And she says, I'd be probably be naked. And he says, I'd probably wear the same thing I'm wearing now. And she's yeah. like, that's your work clothes. And he goes, no, that's just what I wear. So that's just who he is, right? Like the, the lines are so blurred for him. Tench has a home life, right? Um, Wendy had a home life, but now is starting something different, is seeking that, knows something's missing. Holden doesn't even seem to recognize fully that his relationship with Debbie is not really that deep. And um, he doesn't have anything besides this job. And the confrontation with the principal gets out of hand, though Holden logically is correct because he says to him, this whole, my interactions with you began by you telling me not to use certain words, right? Because it's not appropriate. Well, this is not appropriate. And that's actually a very foundationally Mm. solid and logical way to argue it. But then again, he's not taking his own advice. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> right? What he's doing, talking to him, is completely inappropriate. You're a fucking FBI agent, bro. Yeah. Like, imagine if an FBI agent was like, hey, we need to talk about your podcast. I would be like, okay. what? We need to what? Do I need a lawyer? I mean, like, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> You're the FBI. Um, yeah. Yeah, really obsessed. So, But then again, then after they do the confrontation on the car ride home, Agent Choir Boy is all of a sudden a little bit like, did we do the right thing? Gosh, yeah, Gee Willikers. Is this even Gee a federal Willikers. investigation? Flim Andy flam. <laughs> did you say flim flam? Yeah, he says that, right? Yeah, he, he does. That? He makes fun yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah. He makes fun of him. He's like, aren't the flim flam folks? Um, yeah. And then. Uh, I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to answer your question. We're doing a lot of. This is a fun episode for one about a uh, creepy tickling kid. Yeah, I know. That, uh, I hope we're not getting desensitized. Uh, no, and... you got to laugh to keep from crying, right? Um, yes. Holden pushes his way into Debbie's again when she's studying. Um, and this is. I'm sorry. This is where they have the conversation about. It wasn't before. This is when they have that conversation about the clothes and what you wear. Yeah, presentation of self in yes. everyday life. The- yeah. Yep, which is such an interesting subject. Is don't you um you know, I used to think a lot about this when I wasn't a stay-at-home dad podcaster and you in your everyday life solo, you go out and you work with the public. And it is true when you you wherever you are as an adult, you think about where you are and your behavior is affected by that. Mm-hmm. And the way you present yourself, who you feel that you are in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. 
It's 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 such a deep subject, and it has it shows so vitally how Holden really doesn't know who he is besides this job. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that in this show we don't we still we don't know that much about him. You know. Yeah, we you're right. We really don't. We just know his work, his little bit of the past. Right in the bit. first episode, yeah. we learned a he's little. from Brooklyn. Yeah, born in Brooklyn, but <laughs> yeah, we don't know his parents. Is does he have brothers and sisters? Is he close? Does he what is does he have any hobbies? You know, like we see a little bit of Bill, a little bit of Wendy, but I think that's purposeful because he is this job. Yeah, you know, and and he's definitely. He he's spinning. He's spinning. Um, Holden is brought into Shepard's office as soon as he gets back to Quantico. And guess who told Daddy? Hmm. Let me think. Jim from Atlanta? <laughs> no, no, no. He wouldn't have done that. No. Good old it, Smith. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Yeah. So when the series started, it really felt. I felt Shepard. And Holden, like, he really liked Holden, and he uh, was nurturing their relationship. He was kind of like, okay. And then, at what point, I mean, this you could tell when, when, when Shepard talks about intuition and really reams him one. Um, when, when do you think, when was it that Shepard really started to really, I'm not going to say despise Holden, but where their relationship kind of drifted? Because it, it seems every time... There's a scene with Holden and Shepard. It seems like Shepard is just, I don't know, not pushing him away, but it does seem like he's more irritated with him every time they speak. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the way I think about it is that Shepard is an old school FBI guy, right? He's a Hoover guy. But he understands that things are changing, but he wants slow incremental change. And he kind of took an interest in Holden because he saw a potential, I think really in a little ways for his own career that he could, att- I think there's a little bit of mutual admiration and jealousy that is now boiling over because Holden um, is not respecting the boundaries and not respecting his job. And I think that though Shepard is a guy who sees the future coming and knows that Holden is the future, he still thinks you have to follow the the path to get there. And that right, path okay. is a procedure, yeah. right? We mm-hmm. have to follow procedures. We are a, a organization of laws and rules. And Holden can't abide by that. Okay, so he's just really frustrated at yeah. times. It's kind of like when the, uh, you know, when the teacher picks a, a, a pupil and the pupil gets arrogant. I mean, Holden is arrogant at this point. He's completely yeah. arrogant. I mean, this is his boss. He's in the FBI. A- yeah. And he's like arguing with him and yelling. And in the same respect, he's acting very much like the principal was acting. Right? Like. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to touch the feet. And Holden's like, I think it's okay to investigate this guy. And Shepard's yeah. like, but dude, we're the, we're the fucking FBI. Like you understand we have to bring cases to trial. You have to have evidence, you know, a crime has to be committed Yeah, for them to, 
And, 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 you know, and this whole thing boils over. And this is the first time that both that Wendy and Bill are just fed up with. Yes. That, and it, that's what got like you, me. Yeah. Cause it's like your parents just, instead of sitting down and talking to you, they're just fed up and they walk away pissed off and you're like, wait a minute. Wait, what? Yeah, dude, they were really upset. And also like, um, <clears throat> It shows we were talking about that last episode, how Wendy is alternatively like kind of a something he's a little bit obsessed with and charmed by, but also kind of like you were saying, like mommy and daddy, right? Tension Wendy. And um, they say as much to him that he's being unprofessional, obsessive. He's making them look bad. They're starting something new here. We've got to take our time. But hey, Holden's thinking, man, I caught the dog guy. I caught Frank in them, right? Like, I'm on a roll. I'm getting, we got to do this. And they are just like, dude, chill out. Maybe you should like go to Debbie's art exhibit and relax. Okay, Holden? So that's yeah, what he does. Go. Yeah, he, you know what? He's he's getting jealous. He sees Patrick's convertible. Yep. Uh, and he's like, "Oh boy, you know they're they're partners. Jeez, they have things in common. Let me go uh, check it out." Yeah, let's go to the art. And this art exhibit is really fascinating. There are people with listening devices and recorders in the hallway, as in a large room in darkness, people whisper. And it's almost as if, I don't know if I quite understood that. It, it's like they're l- trying to decipher what they're saying or it's just, co- like they don't really go too much into the exhibit of what the exhibit actually is um, or the presentation, but it's so metaphoric for everything in this entire show. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's yeah. just, it, we, you walk in there, it was very like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but like, it was so interesting. Is I'm like, Brudos in the other that. room? Or? Yes, but I see shoes. I see a pair of shoes. Yeah, who fix who fixed the recorders out in the hallway? You know, like yeah. where's Kemper? Where's Bill? Where's it's this? It, this is Holden's whole life. This is such a metaphor, and it's shot so well. And I just have to appreciate, and I know you appreciate this too, having been on sets, to just take this old school, put a couple people in a hallway, darken a room, but to get so much out of that set, you know? Um, yeah. And the way that they played with the lights and the haunting little music, the people you hear the whisper, you know, kiss you all over. Yeah, baby. And then the cinematography, the light comes on and it's right on Debbie and Patrick, just as they were talking about how people take roles and life is a stage, you know, and then Mm -hmm. there's the, there's the spotlight right on there. And then holding goes, um, running out the sty- uh, stairway, and there's a sign that says "Welcome to Nowhere." Yep, <laughs> he's spinning out of control. Yeah, totally. and, and and Deb, you know, really was concerned and ran after him, and then just kind of let him go. Yeah. Um, see, I don't think Patrick and Deb, you know, previously were having you know enough not an affair, a fooling around per se. I, the tension was probably there, and this experiment. It just kind of, you could tell it was at the point where it's, excuse me, it's happened to me before too in situations where you're doing something and all of a sudden the tension's just there and it's starting to bring you 
close and then boom, yeah. you know, it looks like something, a kiss was going to happen if it didn't happen already or is about to get there. And, ah, uh, felt so bad for Holden. You know, it's funny in previous watches, I felt really bad for him and I'm like, ah, oh, Holden, oh man, see, she, she is messing around. But then going through this episode and realizing again and realizing how his mind's working throughout this episode, he almost, I'm not going to say caused this, yeah. but I mean, she even says, come with me, you know, come with me, whether she thought he'd come or not uh, is another issue, but it, it just, ah, it just, but then I was kind of more on her side this time Yeah, uh, in a way, you know, I just, it, it, so it was, it's definitely, uh, man, it's definitely not a situation you want to be in, but at the same time as a, as watching this relationship, from afar, this this is was inevitable. Definitely, I mean, definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, you could either see it as uh, she's getting free or Holden's crushed. And I kind of see it as she's getting free because I love Holden. I love the character. The show is awesome. But, uh, you know, if that was my sister, I'd be like, dump that dude. He can't even right. leave you alone when you're studying. Like he doesn't have boundaries. That's not cool. You know that when a, someone shows you that it's always going to extend to the emotional parts, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And she, I, she probably was fooling around with the guy or whatever. I mean, Holden was living his life and he was basically, she, in many respects, it seemed to me that she had just become a place for him to go and talk about his job. Like, with, yeah. so what are you going to do now? What happens after is one of my, honestly, one of my favorite moments of the entire season, because the the haunting music that is played here, like the just a little kind of off tempo haunting sounds as Holden just parks his car, Quantico. I love the way they always show us people just walking, right? The procedure of going mm-hmm. into the um going into his job, still that haunting music. It's the PTA. He has a quick conversation uh with I think the um it's it, it was either the a representative of the PTA or like a principal or not a principal uh superintendent. Um and he kind of ta- gives a tacit approval to them firing the principal. Yeah, I didn't even realize that it had gone that far. Yeah. I didn't realize they were contemplating firing him or not. Well, I think, interesting. you know, think about that, man. That's another thing is like, we only see one side of it. And what we yeah. see is Holden and smith interviewing people in the town imagine that town they're like what the hell's going on the fbi's interviewing teachers and students and we you know like holden does not understand the power that he has and that's another thing that pisses off shepherd you know like bill said it too like you're taking the weight and the might of the of the biggest uh investigative criminal unit investigation, not organization, in the country and focusing it on a principal out of a little school. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point because we only see the perspective of Holden during this 
we don't see the perspective of the small town and what they're saying. Wait, the FBI was here? Yeah. Wait, the FBI came back? Wait, the FBI interviewed you? They interviewed me, too. And so that, oh, it didn't even, didn't even yep. dawn on me to look at it from their perspective. And, that, and, I, and Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think Shepard says a little bit of that in their argument, you know? Mm-hmm. This is the FBI, you know, like, I mean, and we've seen the way, I mean, gosh, remember how Holden couldn't even talk to the college professor? Yeah. He's forgotten about that, right? So, yeah. so that's how we end the episode. Um, Holden has this conversation, which is not very aggressive, not very long, but he knows what he's doing. Um, and he's being sly here. And, and, and it's almost as if, He's not listening to Shepard because of what Wendy did to him. Mm. I mean, Debbie, sorry. Debbie. <laughs> I mixed him up because of what Debbie did to him. Like he's hurting from that. And that's that music that we hear, right? Mm-hmm. And then it comes out in the phone conversation. And uh, guess what, folks? This ain't going to work out well. <laughs> Little preview uh, well, for next episode. Yeah, it's not going to work out. You know, um, this was not cool that he did this. And um, it's really, in the end, let me ask you, Solo. What do you you think about this principle? Uh, Well, hmm. I mean, he is arrogant. Uh, I want to punch him in the face. Uh, but I mean, kids seem to be happy. Scores are up. Uh, but the fact that he is so defensive and so not like, okay, maybe I need to change my ways. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm overstepping. He's very like, you don't come in here and tell me what to do. Um, (sighs) I, you know, I, I got, it's a mixed bag with him. I, I, I believe he's wrong, but at the same time, if, if, if you had people coming in and tell you how to do, do your, you know, but, but if I got, if I have one parent complaining to me, I, I, I would step back and be like, whoa, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know, the fact that he doesn't even, he, he has no interest in changing his ways uh, because he believes he's right and he's doing evidently maybe what he wants to do. That bothers me. Yeah. That bothers me that, wait a minute. Look at yourself. Maybe you're a little too touchy feely, you know. Maybe you know, I, you know. Stop the tickling, man. You know, <laughs> just stop just the stop tickling. The t- yeah, I think for me, it's this whole episode and this the reason why this principle was chosen for an entire episode is about those levels and boundaries and mm-hmm. about how. Someone might tickle someone and it's inappropriate, but that's it, right? Like that is, but that's not a serial killer. That's not what they're doing. So part of this is the, for me too, is an understanding of, oh, okay. This episode is a little bit about more about our whole society than in particular what the FBI was doing at that time 
and about mm-hmm. how we as a society have come to to kind of see incremental levels of inappropriateness, but that even today we have a hard time telling the difference. Look at all of um, the news in the past years of Me Too and and uh, allegations of sexual misconduct and how like for on one hand you have like a Harvey Weinstein and then on the other hand you have people who go out on like a bad date and a blogger writes about it and they're famous right mm-hmm. and it can become what where's the different as adults part of our job and part of what Holden's job has to be not just to identify this abhorrent behavior but as Wendy says to understand that some of this is different and it's not normal, but it doesn't necessarily mean the person's going to be a serial killer. Just like her being a lesbian, just because some of these men are in, interested in cross-dressing, that's not correlating, right? That's That yeah. doesn't correlate. Um, so it's a really interesting episode. And I, I just say, what an awesome show this is, that this was the subject of it. We go from a guy who murdered all these women and shoes and jerking off in a jail to just a little principal who tickles feet, you know, and, and how, how in our own everyday life, you see little signs of what could end up being a Dahmer, but is, that's not what it is. You have to be able to have that measured, um, you know, those measured boundaries and also follow procedure, which is what Holden is not doing. Exactly. So he's got to learn a little bit too. You got, it's good to be progressive, but you still have to remember what got you there, you know, and the foundational. So another great episode. Uh, Any, any last thoughts on this one? Nope. Love it. Love this show. And uh, just, we got two episodes coming up. For the fin, you know, to end the season, I'm looking forward to them, buddy. Yeah. Now we, um, for those of you who are following along with us, we are going to finish up season one, and then we're going to take a little break. Um, Solo and I are going to be covering the Mandalorian. That's in like a month. Yeah. And next week, uh, Aaron Otto, my original co-host of Lost Mythos and uh, Leftovers DVR, and also Roberto Suarez of Radio Westworld and a pot of casts, uh, Jupiter's, what was it called? Jupiter's so- uh, something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jupiter's Roost about oh, Spartacus. Yeah. Um, he did that, too, with Robin. Great podcast. We're going to be doing two episodes of Watchmen every week. So we're going to take a little break on Mindhunter. We're going to pick up probably December, January, go into season two. Um, We'll still finish years ahead of the premiere of season three. So don't worry. Yeah. Because that's not coming out for like another two years. Um, But we've been really enjoying this. I want to thank Apple Podcasts for featuring us. I just saw that today, actually. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, They featured us in their TV section. And I want to thank all the people on the Facebook groups. I've been having a lot of fun talking to you all and learning different stuff. Um, And thanks for all the downloads, everyone. We really appreciate it. If you do want to give us an Apple Podcast review or a view on any of the um, apps you have, 
that always helps other people know that we're around. And we do appreciate that as well. So thank you very much, everyone. We'll be with you very soon to cover episode nine. We're getting towards the end. Holden is spinning a little out of control, but there's more work to be done. More hunting of the mines, baby. I'm so dizzy. My head is spinning. I can't wait. Axel, two left. It's going to be a doozy. And remember, Bill, I miss you. Please come back.